Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. All right, so as I said, we have Tim Bennett here with us today, and come on up, Tim. Can we give him a hand? So Tim Bennett, he's a good friend of Freedom Valley, a good friend of Aaron and Candace, and he is gifted in evangelism, correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, and so he is here to bring us a word today, so I'll, I'll let you take Thanks, care of it, Tim. No problem. It. Good morning, Freedom Valley. How are we doing today, huh? I'm not going to lie, this side is much more active. No pressure, but you got a little something to live up to over this side, all right? Man, it's good to be with you folks this morning. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to the book of Luke. Luke. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8 today. I do want to say, uh, if you can pass along my greetings and my love to uh, Pastor Candace and Aaron. Boy, I just love those guys. I tell you, their family is unbelievable. It's been, I think, four I didn't look, but maybe four years ago or so where God just kind of lined some things up to where I wasn't planning on being here and they weren't planning on having me here and some things just kind of fell right into place. And I tell you what, it has been such a tremendous blessing to me personally to be able to engage and, and uh, get to know you folks some more, obviously, and, and get to know the Pringles more. Man, I love those guys so much. and believing that this year is a year not just of rest, but of refreshing and renewal, a revival of that fire of God to be breathe into them one more time again and and let's 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 just be honest I pray that they're not they don't have to be in this for the long haul I pray Jesus comes back really soon I'll just tell you that right now I, I wouldn't mind going home so uh, but Luke chapter 8 <laughs> Luke chapter 8 man uh, Tom I love hearing you sing man I, I love your worship I love your heart I love how you just go at it you know what I mean? Like, it's just raw worship, and I love that. This isn't a production. It's about serving and worshiping Jesus. Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 43. This is, uh, obviously, I, I know if you were in here, if you were in church on time. Uh, some of the early, the, the, the intro stuff was, uh, they were asking questions about this particular passage of Scripture. You can also find it in Mark chapter 5. But here in Luke chapter 8, verse 43, if you found it, even if you haven't, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? You can click there. You can open up a book. Uh, I'm kind of old school, so I kind of like to have that written out in front of me a little bit. But Luke chapter 8. Starting at verse 43, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You might have something real, uh, real similar to it. Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 43, says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out for me. And when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard her, heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Verse 48 says, Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has made you well. Now go in peace. 
I want to go back to verse 44 again. It says, verse 44 says, coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe and immediately the bleeding stopped. This morning, I'm going to preach to you a message entitled, On the Fringe. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, Lord, if anyone is in this room that has felt like they've been marginalized and been pushed off into the edges and fringes of society today, Lord, I pray that we would know that we have never been closer to you than where we are right now. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your, that your presence would be so real. Lord, that we would be surrounded by your goodness and your mercy in this house. Lord, may fear and doubt and pressures of this world, may they be vanquished and chased out of this room and out of our lives by your perfect love right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, may faith arise in our souls and may every sickness, disease, Lord, every condition of our mind, in the name of Jesus, may we be made completely whole in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, high-five somebody and have a seat. Did some of y'all miss on purpose and kind of give a little love tap there on the cheek, huh? It's dark out there. It's all right. You could have had the excuse once. Uh, how many want to slap the person beside you? Let's be honest. That person that's giggling beside you is the person that wanted to slap you, by the way. Listen, I, I believe in these crazy, kind of crazy times we're in, you know, and, and how the world is just rapidly running to the edges of society. Everything isn't extreme anymore. Everything is pushed way out under the edges. There is no more balance. There's no more just common sense. Come on, how many are with me right now? Everybody runs clear off to one edge or the other. If you find yourself kind of in the middle and trying to bring balance, oftentimes you're the one that's actually on the edge because everybody else has been pushed off into the, into the phrase and into the fringes. And when you find yourself trying to have balance in the middle, you find that oftentimes in this world, you're all alone. So whether or not maybe you're the type of person, maybe you feel like you've been marginalized. Maybe you feel because of a condition you've had to deal with in your life or a poor decision you made in your past or whatever the, the different things we try and come up with, the different excuses that we have that we think that people don't like us, that nobody hears us and nobody cares, that we'll never make it, that we're not, we'll never be good enough, that we don't have enough talent, we don't have enough resource, we don't have enough finance, we don't have enough abilities and we feel oftentimes that we get pushed way out onto the edges. I'm here to tell you today, <laughs> there's power in the name of Jesus when you find yourself pressed against the fringe of, this, of society. And even in this moment today, I want you to understand something. Here we find this passage in Luke chapter 8. Uh, I, I, I love the point of, of what's happening in Luke chapter 8. I didn't read the entire, the, the entire story of really what's going on. It's just this one moment with this one woman that I read to you. But what you have to understand is this woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, went to every doctor she had and spent all the money she had and, but instead of getting better, she actually got worse. I want you to understand this all happens while there was a rich guy trying to keep Jesus' attention. 
This guy named Jairus, who was a he was an elected official. He was a he was a high-ranking official in the local synagogue. The only way that you could get that is if you were in the in with the in with the Sanhedrin, in with the people that really had the power. And so he was a high-ranking official. He was well off. He had everything he needed. But how many of you know? Listen, whenever all of a sudden all the all the resource, all the all the all the finance, all the abilities, all the power, all, all the swag that you can pull in this world, all of a sudden it doesn't matter anymore because now Jairus, his only daughter, his 12-year-old daughter, is laying at home dying. And when this rich man comes to Jesus named Jairus, listen to me, I want you to understand something. All of a sudden, all the things that we once thought important not really matter anymore. But now that we we, we understand that whenever we really need the Lord, whenever the finance can't make it happen, whenever whenever our our popularity can't make it happen, whenever the pressures of other people can't make it happen, that we all one day are going to find ourselves at the feet of Jesus because the reality is everyone needs the Lord. But even as Jairus as he is coming and asking Jesus that, that Jesus would come and heal his daughter, I want you to understand something. Jesus takes the time to have ministry with this one person, this one woman who had been subject to bleeding. She had been a socio-outcast. She'd, she'd been pressured out into the edges of this world. And the Bible says that when this woman, when she pressed through the crowd, we're going to talk why this is really important in a moment, but when she pressed through the crowd and she comes up and touches the fringe of the garment of Jesus, the Bible says, says that there was healing power that left Jesus and went into the body of this woman who had been having this issue for over 12 years. That in a moment that all the doctors she could get to, all the money she could spend couldn't make her whole. In an instant, when she reached out and touched the hem, touched the fringe of the garment of Jesus, in that moment, she was immediately made whole. Now, let me say this. Let me give a little bit of groundwork before I go any further this morning. If you are in the room today or you're watching online, wherever you might be happening in your life, and maybe you've been dealing with an issue, maybe you've been dealing with some something that's going on in your life. Maybe it's not just a physical ailment. Oftentimes the things that we have the hardest time to deal with are things we can't see. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's thoughts of, uh, of suicide. Maybe, maybe it, it, you think that you've been left all alone. Maybe a loved one has run off and, and left you high and dry, and you've, been, you've tried to do everything you could. You've been everywhere. You've done everything. You've even tried different churches and suddenly you found yourself here this morning. I got news for you. It's not an accident that God has drawn you in with his loving kindness today. And I want you to hear me today. In a moment in that something that like this woman had been dealing for 12 years, she'd went everywhere, done everything. She knew what it felt like to be sick. But in a moment she knew what it felt like to be healed. I got news for you. If you happen to know that in your body today, if you happen to know that in your mind today, that as Jesus comes walking by you this morning, I don't know if you know this or not, but as your pastor, as Isaiah said, listen, Jesus has been here waiting on us a long time before we got here. He's been walking these aisles. He's been walking these chairs long before we got here. If you happen to sense his presence go by and you just reach out and touch the hem of his garment this morning and in an instant, what you've been struggling with for weeks, months, or maybe even years, all of a sudden, just like this woman, she knew in an instant she'd been made whole. I want to give you permission to go ahead and get out your chair and start chasing around this room. And I'm going to follow right behind you. We'll go give God the glory, all right? Let's, let's let God do whatever he wants to do this morning. But here, the Bible says she reaches up and touches the fringe of the garment of Jesus. And in a moment, which what couldn't be done in 12 years, was instantly taken care of in her body. 
So what, what does this mean? How does all this really shake out? What, is this, what, is this, what, what does this really mean that she touched the fringe of his garment? I want you to understand this, that his heart is on the fringe. Let me explain what I'm trying to say to you this morning. His heart is on the fridge. His passion, his desire is to reach those that have felt unreachable, to touch those that have felt untouchable, to heal those who felt like all hope was gone. See, what we have to understand, the central piece to this passage here is that Jesus has this garment on and she reaches out. She pushes through the crowd and she touches the fringe of his garment. Now, why is this important? Why does this matter? I don't want to take a real long time here this morning, but I want to give you a little bit of meat to chew on. If you can go home and study for yourself. There's, there's a couple different types of garments that we know more than likely that Jesus would have been wearing as, as he was oftentimes referred to. You can read through your Bible the same as I can. Oftentimes he's referred to to in our Bibles as teacher or even rabbi, that Jesus was considered a teacher of the law. He was, he was a practice, I don't know if you realize this or not, Jesus is a practicing Jew in this moment. And so Jesus more than likely wore some of the traditional garb and, and, and the garments that, 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 that the Jewish folks had to wear in these moments. He said, Tim, what does that have to do with anything? Let me kind of explain to you. In the Bible, you can see there's a couple different types of garments that you can read through. And, and I think we could kind of draw the conclusions quickly. So I don't want to go real deep into the weeds here with you, but I want you to just to hear what's happening in this moment. The, one of the garments is, is talked about is, is the priestly garments. In Exodus chapter 28, it is talked about these priestly garments that these priests actually wore these, these eight different layers of beauty. And, and, and that was kind of their normal garb, these eight layers of beauty, these eight types of, of clothing, the clothing that they had on. But once a year, they put on this, this, this linen garment, these four linen garments, which was pants and, and this long robe and a belt and a head covering. And the reason is they wore linen on that particular one time a year was the Day of Atonement because they didn't want to have sweat dripping off of them wearing eight layers of clothes. Come on, somebody, it's in the desert. Hello, let's be real. They didn't want to have sweat dripping off of them, and linen was as cool as they could get in that moment. They didn't have moisture-wicking sport wear. Come on, somebody. Right? There was no Under Armour. And, and, and or who's, what's the, what's the, like, the bougie one? Lula Lamont, or what, what is that nonsense? Uh, what is, Lulamon, Lulami, Lulami, I don't know what, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, whatever you people wear, I don't get it. I don't know. I'm sweating my brains out wearing a jean jacket. Who in the world decided to bring that back? But in Exodus 28, it talks about these priestly garments that, that, that when they would go into the Day of Atonement, they didn't want to be sweating and, and then mix their human sweat with the blood that they needed to sprinkle uh, for the sacrifices they made. And I don't have a lot of time to, to, to go into the weeds with you with that, but I want you to understand something. At the bottom, in Exodus 28, it told them that at the bottom uh, of, the, of the big long robe that they wore, they were, to, they were to sew in these, every other one would be a pomegranate uh, of like a, a, a little hem that had a pomegranate uh, that, that this this thread that they would make to look like this fruit called a pomegranate, and then it would be a golden bell, a pomegranate and a golden bell, a pomegranate and a golden bell, a pomegranate and a golden bell, and went all the way around them. A couple of the reasons is, number one, the reason there was a golden bell is that Exodus 28 told them that, that that way that they knew that when the priest was in there, they could hear him moving, and as long as he was moving, they knew he was alive. How would y'all like to think about this for a moment? At this point, you couldn't go to church. You couldn't come into the presence of God unless you were completely clean. If you came into the presence of God with sin in your life, honey, when you stepped into the Holy of Holies, you got struck dead right now. We don't have enough AEDs in the building to do what we need to do right now, I don't think. And 
the, as long as they heard those bells, they knew that they knew the priest was alive. One of the other reasons that they had these golden bells, and this is kind of interesting, is that they had this chalice as, as, as this, the priest would walk in. They had this, this like tray, this chalice that had 11 different types of incense that they would come and burn into the presence of God as they would come in and, and into his presence. What is interesting, you can go study this yourself, throughout the New Testament, there's 11 different types of prayer that's talked about in the New Testament. Kind of cool how that all shakes out. But in the top of that chalice, as they would burn that, that incense, they would go and they would take it their, their pinky finger and they would ding this bell as they entered into the presence of God. They ding, 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 ding. You know, which like, why are you doing that? Well, not only were the bells there to let the people outside to know that the priest was alive on the inside, but it was also there before the priest went into the presence of God, he would begin to make those noises. And you say, well, why is that really important? I want you to think about something. When you go to somebody's house, you just don't go barging in. You go barging into my house, you're going to hear one noise and it's going to be the last noise you ever hear. And it sounds like bang. You understand? I live in the country. I do not call 911. I call Smith & Wesson somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so when, when they would go into the presence of God, they would ding this bell because it was entering into the, it was almost like a knock into the presence of God. You say, Tim, why? Because listen, here's the deal. When you're coming into the presence of God, you, you need to make a holy noise. Come on now. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. Listen, when we come into the presence of God, we are to come into the presence of God with a holy noise, that we are to give God worship, that we are to give God gratitude, that we are to give God praise. The Bible's Jesus said it clearly, that if, the, if we don't do it, the rocks are gonna cry out. I'm here to tell you today, there is nothing that can stop me from worshiping and praising the Lord. My Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. If it's been a little while since you've felt the presence of God, if it's been a little while since you know that the presence of God has invaded your room, listen to me, why don't you worship God like you've never worshipped him before? Why don't you give God glory like you've never given him glory before? If you really need God, come on, let's worship him and let's invite him, not just to be in us, with us on a Sunday morning, but everywhere we go, we can serve with a heart of gratitude. I don't know if you notice, I'm a little hyper this morning. And this priest had these bells, and the other part was this pomegranate, right? These pomegranates were, this pomegranate was, it was the, the, and this time the, the Jewish folks, they felt like the pomegranate was the holiest of fruits. And one of the reasons is, this is kind of a weird little thing, but one of the reasons is that they would count consistently on average 613 seeds in a pomegranate. Weird. But there were 613 laws in the Torah that they needed to follow. See, the priest had to follow these laws. If he didn't follow these laws, he, when he went to the presence of God, he'd be struck dead. See, there's, there's kind of three types of people in this moment in Israel. There's just regular Israelites. There's these Levites, you know, that, that, that do all the priestly duties. And then there's a high priest who wore this garment and went into the presence of God and had to make sure he was completely pure. Say, Tim, what am I telling you? Listen to me. The closer you get to the Lord the deeper your walk better be. 
If you want to get close to the Lord, then you need to start doing some things not everybody else does. You need to start worshiping like not everybody else worships. You need to pray like not every. Listen, we, we've fallen way too much into trends and seeing what everybody else does and how everybody else does it and how this all works out and what is the most popular preacher and what all this stuff. At the end of the day, Jesus just says, come to me. You don't, you, listen, you don't need Tim Bennett. You don't need Candace Springle. You don't need any other big name preacher. I'm not, of course, neither one of us. Candace, that's funny for a while. So that's the funniest thing I've said in a while. You don't need any big name preachers. You don't need any big name churches. You don't need, you don't, listen, some of us have relied on the faith of our grandma and our grandpas or our moms and our dads. Some of us, the only reason we are in the room today is just to appease our spouse so we don't hear, have to hear about it this afternoon. I got news for you today. Oh, yeah, getting real. It's getting real in the house. Uh-huh. There's coming a day when you're going to stand before God in his presence. You're going to be closer to God than you ever were before. And what's going to happen is, have you followed him here today? How deep is your walk with God? So these priestly garments, there was a pomegranate and a bell, a pomegranate and a bell. And the other side of this is the, the, the other garment that they would wear. And you can find this in Numbers chapter 15 where he was, they, were, they were told to have these corners of their garments, to have these tassels sewn onto the corners of their garments. And you can even see this even still in modern Judaism. Uh, you can see, uh, if, if, if you see a, a, a practicing a Jew in this moment, even these days, they still have these tassels that hang over their belts and they stick out of their pants. And, and, and even one of those, one, and this, I can't, I'm not going to go deep into the weeds with you, but one of those threads hanging off was, was dyed blue. And a lot of times it represented heaven. It, present, it represented the worship of God that we needed to reach out to God in those moments. And it would remind them as they would walk through their days and they would touch those tassels or they'd feel those tassels hit against their leg. It was a reminder that they were needed to walk in the standards and the principles of God's holy word. And the Bible here says that this woman, she reached up and as Jesus is, is, is in this crowd, that this woman reaches out and she touches the fringe of the garment of Jesus. See, I want you to realize what I've just told you. I, I, I know I've told you that, you know, that, that the high priest wore this stuff and then all the other practicing Jews, they wore these cornered garments. But I want you to understand this. The Bible here says that this woman with the issue of blood had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Instead of getting better, she got worse. She went to every doctor, spent all the money she had, but she continued to get worse and worse and worse. She couldn't figure it out. But in a moment, she got sick and tired of being sick and tired. She didn't care what anybody else thought. She didn't care about what anybody else thought, uh, needed from her or tried to put the pressure on her. But she pushed through the crowd and she reached up and she touched the fringe of the garment of Jesus. You say, Tim, what am I telling you today? Listen to me. I don't know. Maybe you feel like you're hanging on by a thread this morning. Maybe you feel like you've been pushed off into the fringes of society to where you've been lost and you've been forgotten and you've been, you've been pushed out to the sides. I got, I got news for you today. My Bible says, that Jesus is a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. When, listen, he knows exactly what it's like for one week people to love on him and say how awesome he is and praise him and worship him with hosannas. And the very next week, actually five days later, they start yelling at him, crucify him, crucify him. And they even pick a murderer over top of Jesus. They even have one of his best friends turn his back on him and deny Jesus, not once, but three times. It even curses the last time saying, I can't believe you'd associate me with Jesus. Jesus knows what 
what it feels like to be pushed off to the fringes of society. I want you to know something today, that when you reach up and touch the fringe of the garment of Jesus, the Bible says when this woman reached up and she pushed through the crowd and she touched the fringe of Jesus, in that moment, instantly power went out of Jesus. Healing power went out of Jesus. It's this Greek word dunamis that you can read throughout other parts of Scripture, even as when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, this dunamis power, this power that is so strong and effective that the presence of God wants not just to be in you, but to flow through you to let everybody else around you know that Jesus still saves. Come on, somebody. Jesus still heals. He still sets free. Even when the world says there's no hope, even when every doctor has done everything they can, even whenever everybody said, listen, it's all over for you. I'm thankful today that I can push through the crowd of the panic of this world and reach out and touch the fringe of my garment, Jesus, and in a moment, what nobody in this world could ever do, the power of God flows out of the fringe of Jesus and reaches the heart of every person that seeks him. You are not forgotten. You've not been pushed off to the side. Sooner or later, let's just be honest with it. Sooner or later, your want to needs to want to. Your want to needs to want to. See, this woman, she had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, right? I don't know if you realize this or not, but uh, listen, according to Levitical law, when a woman had this gynecological issue or when she, when she had these things, her cycle would happen, she was considered unclean. That she could no longer, listen, particularly because she had struggled for 12 years, listen, she could no, she could no longer live in her house. She could no longer be around her family. She, she could no longer keep her job. She wasn't even allowed to go to church anymore. She was a social outcast. She lost her job, so she's a financial outcast. Uh, uh, she, she, she couldn't go to church anymore, so now she's a religious outcast. She's been pushed to every fringe of all parts of society. And according to Levitical law, that whenever she would come near somebody else and she was walking down the street, she couldn't even be inside of town, by the way, on the outsides of town. When she would be on the outside of town, if she was walking down a road and somebody was coming near her, she had to walk to the opposite side of the road and start yelling, unclean, unclean, to let them know not to come near her because everything she touched, every person she came in contact would also be considered unclean. She was willing to risk being put to death. See, sooner or later, we have to not care <laughs> what this world says or does. The consequences of this world do not come close to the glory of God. I would surmise that this present suffering doesn't come close to the eternal glory of God we get to enjoy in heaven forever and forever and forever. See, she had to be tired of being tired. She had to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. She had just to be willing to push through the crowd. Have you tried this diet? Have you been to this doctor? Have you, have you, ta have you taken these herbs? Have you tried this church? Have you prayed this much? Have you, have you done it this way? Have you went over there? Did you go to, did you go to this miracle crusade? Did, did, did you drive up? Did you give that preacher enough money on TV? We put a lot of stipulations on people that have nothing to do with the Word of God. It just happens to go with something we can manipulate. Because if we can manipulate it, at least we can get something from it. 
would be control, by the way. That's also called religion. See, Jesus says, this is why I know his heart is on the fringe, because he wants to give healing in full. He stops everything. And he said, who touched me? touched me. I mean, the disciples are kind of a little fed up with Jesus this moment. They're like, Lord, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of people all around us. There's a lot of people that touched you. Oh, the camera people are going to love this. <laughs> you all know me well enough. You should have been ready for that. Listen, when, what we have to understand is that when, when this woman comes pressing through the crowd and the disciples are like, Jesus, there's been a lot of people that have touched you. Oh, good. You can roam. Check this out. How are you? <laughs> when, when, <laughs> you guys are you're all nuts. You know that you're nuts. When Jesus goes pressing through, I feel, man, you turn, I feel like a rotisserie chicken underneath that one. <laughs> Do you like dark meat or white meat? Tom, you come up here and start basting me. I'm going to get nervous. <laughs> wow, that was, my, that was my shiny object moment right over there. You were like, squirrel! You know, I got totally sidetracked for just a moment. But here, this woman impresses the crowd, and Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, there's been hundreds. There's maybe been thousands of people that have touched you. How do you, I, I don't know. They touched you. They touched you. You've been to church. You've been to church. You've been, come on, you guys have been here. You've been here. You've been here. Look, look you're all back the back row. Come on, I know the back row people. The back row people never think the preacher's coming back here. How y'all doing? Nice to see you. Popeye, use your spinach. That's awesome. Good. What's your name, man? Gage. That's an awesome name. Nice to meet you. How are you? You got the guy's little, the goatee, right? That's nice. You got the, ooh, check out your hair. You got, is that natural curls? You said no, because if you said no, that means it's a perm. Tell me you didn't get a perm. Okay, good. Nice to meet you. She got nervous. Nice to meet you guys. Listen, there's been hundreds, maybe thousands of people that have touched you, Jesus. How do we know which one? And the Bible says this woman, all of a sudden she realized she couldn't hide anymore. Always have the, I always have this moment where I, 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 when I read this story, I think of, Jesus, of, of this woman. She kind of like sneaks up behind Jesus, right? You know, and she's kind of like nestling through and kind of like, you know, pushing through the crowd here a little bit, you know, and, and, and like getting through these moments. All of a sudden, she reaches up and just sneaks right behind him and just whoop, grabs a hold of that and, like, and, and then runs away. But that's not what happened because there's too many people. She pushes through that crowd. All of a sudden, she grabs hold of that fringe. And then all of a sudden, Jesus felt power go out of him. And he stops everything. See, how was, she's gonna, how was she gonna be able to prove that she was healed? How was she gonna be able to get her family back? How was she gonna be able to get her, her, her finances back, get her job back? How would she be able to ever to go to a church again without being able to prove that she had been healed? But that's why, listen to me, that's why I love Jesus so much. He is on his way to a rich guy's house. And he stops everything to meet this woman right where she is. And the Bible says she falls 
at her, on her knees and begins to worship the Lord and tells him everything that had been happening. See, oh. See, when you go back to the garment... It was very commonplace for, for in, in this time for, for people to come up to rabbis and when they, they would take the tassels of those rabbis, remember those four corners I tell you about, and they would they would they would they would kiss those tassels just as like a sign. I don't know if you like even there's still stuff like that happens in modern churches. Like if you happen to be Catholic, God bless you, you know, Hail Mary, whatever. Uh, but you know, and, and they, they would go to the Pope and they would they kiss the ring of the Pope. You know, it's, it, there's still kings that happen that way. When I came to church this morning, Isaiah put his, his hand out, and I had to kiss his ring to come into the... Into the uh, that's weird. I don't know why, but that's what he said he's doing now. I don't, that's what Candace and Aaron... Did you, did you tell him he could do that? I don't know how that works. <laughs> oh, man, the stuff we do. But they touch, they, they kiss that ring, and it's the same way. It's just, it's just a sign of respect. Here's the wonderful thing about it. When you read throughout the New Testament, there's oftentimes they, they talk about worship, and this, this Greek word worship literally means to kiss. If you, if you were to go to Matthew chapter 15, Jesus says that oftentimes these people come to him, and all they are doing is kissing, kissing him with their lips, but he, they do not have his heart. There's a lot of us that come into church, and we just come and we, we, we kiss those tassels, but we don't really, there's nothing happening there because it's, we're just doing it out of routine. We're doing it out of punching our time card, making so ourselves feel good, acting like we got it all put together. And Jesus saying, no, 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 I, I, want, I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. I just don't want to heal your body, but I want to heal your soul. I want to heal your mind. I want to set you free from the preconditions of your life, the circumstances and the pain, the, the, the ideas that you've had over and over and over again that have told you that, that, that if you just walk this routine that you'll be fine at the end of the day. No, Jesus is looking for true followers, for true worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth and not give a rip what everybody else is doing, but in the middle of the crowd that is ready to kill you, that you fall on your feet before the Lord and say, Father, I worship you, Jesus. You are God. You're the only one that can heal. You're the only one that can save. You're the only one that can set free. And Jesus stops everything so that he can have a moment and not only for her body to be healed, but her to be restored financially, for her to be restored mentally, for her to be restored in her family, and for her to be restored in her church. Whew. It's healing in the full. Tom, I don't know what you guys ever have planned. You could come up. If you start playing, it'll make me shut up faster. <laughs> I remember like four years ago, I could just hop right over the front of that thing. Oh, nay, nay, not anymore. See, what I want you to understand is that, you know, in these garments, <laughs> Malachi chapter 4, I'll just read it to you. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, so is, this is powerful, and sometimes we, we, don't, we don't get this real well because of our English translations, but I, I want to read this to you. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2 says this, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings, and you will go free, leaping with joy like calves led out to pasture. But there is a son of righteousness that is coming with healing in his wings. See, when I read this in the English way, it's not like when you hear wings, you're thinking like, you know, I don't know, I almost felt like no, 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 no. It's not, it's not these wings, right? 
It's this, this Hebrew word, kabat, which means it, it, it's the corner. It's the fringe, the hem. Come on now, let, let me read this to you again. For those who fear my name, the son of night righteousness will rise with healings on his fringe.
God, because let's be honest, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. It's just up to us to be made aware of his presence. And we are made aware of his presence when we turn off the noise of this world and we start engaging with the sound of heaven and we begin worship. Listen, you want to know why I believe uh, even in, in our modern era and what's happening even in the church here, uh, not, not just in Adams County and in Pennsylvania, but around our nation, we have listened too much to the noise of this world and we've tuned out the sound of heaven. See, the noise of this world will bring chaos. The noise of this world will bring confusion. The noise of this world will lead us in all kinds of different directions. But the sound of God is clear. The sound of heaven is constant. The sound of heaven is the worship of Jesus Christ. You say, Tim, that's just not my personality. It's just not who I am. I got news for you. If you do not like to worship the Lord, heaven may not be the place for you. begin to shake 
and there was a great earthquake that went over the world. And the Bible says that that, the veil that kept the commoner out of the Holy of Holies was torn completely in two. According to Jewish tradition, a team of oxen couldn't rip this thing apart. But in a moment, the Bible says that the veil wasn't just torn in two, but even gets, it gives us greater detail that it was torn in two from top to bottom. See, if a man was going to be able to do it, the only way he was going to be able to do it was to do it from the bottom to the top because he ain't 30 foot tall. But when God did it, see, Tim, why is this all important? I mean, think about it. Go back to 1 Samuel 24. When, when David goes in to cut off the hem of the garment of, 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 of King Saul, he doesn't do it. Why? Because when you cut off the hem of a garment of someone else, it was a symbol that you were taking away their authority. Oh, man. See, just before, oh, just before Caiaphas, just before Jesus is crucified, you can read in your Bible that Caiaphas, the high priest at that time, Caiaphas takes his garment and tears it in two, and it nullified his authority as the high priest. So in oh, when Jesus goes on the cross, the book of Hebrews says that Jesus comes now as our high priest, and as he is hanging on that cross, sitting over that mercy seat, and that blood is flowing down his body and is being spilt over that mercy seat, the Bible says that that huge timber that cut that kept that, that huge 30 by 30 by 6 inch wide veil up uh, keeping the commoner out of the Holy of Holies, that veil was torn from top to bottom, nullifying the authority of the priesthood of this world. So now any commoner that calls upon the name of the Lord can immediately come into the almighty presence of the Holy of Holies. you're sitting in your couch. 
watching your car and you're watching this right now, I want you to know the presence of God is invading where you are right now. Six three four. 
4-7910. You do that, all right? And if, if you can't do that, you can come see me. You can come see Isaiah. You can come, anybody that's up here, you come talk to one of them. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to help you out and answer any questions you may have. But before we go this morning, I believe healing is in the house. Can I tell you, you do not need me to receive your healing today. I cannot heal you. Not for a second can I heal you. I've watched God do a lot of fun things. I know God's healed me personally of cystic fibrosis. I mean, we've watched God do all kinds of, I've watched tumors disappear, blind eyes open up, deaf ears open up, people get out of wheelchairs. A guy that wasn't able to talk because of the effects of a stroke over several months ago, all of a sudden in an instant took the microphone out of my hand and started giving glory to God. I mean, I've watched God do a lot of crazy, awesome things. Why would this day be any different? We're in his presence. It's the same God. We're going to sing just one song. Because I want to let you go in just a moment. We're going to sing a song, whatever, whatever they got to strike up here. And you guys were awesome today. Holy smoke. Man, you were anointed singing that song. I mean, that was unreal. I don't know. When, when you were singing that song, healing was coming into your body. Healing was coming into your family. I believe that in the name of Jesus Christ.
pray he would be able to do it again with joy. In the name of Jesus Christ. Greg, be healed even now. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you touch my brother today. Lord, in Jesus' name, minister to his heart. Lord, may he know your goodness even now. In the name of Jesus Christ.
the people who used to come to Nick because they knew they could have a good time with him, they're now going to come to him and they're going to find a good God. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, may the fire of God burn deep inside of him. In the name of, Lord, may me like the prophet Jeremiah, like a fire shut up in his bones. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, may the fire of God be so real in his life. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for good godly men to surround him and encourage him. Lord, may there be errands and, and, and Lord, and hers to come and lift his hands up when he gets tired. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. More, God, more. More, God, more. More, God. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Lord, may the fire of God continue to burn in us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
has come to give us life and life more abundantly. And that, that abundance doesn't stop when we walk out of this building. So if I don't get to see you again before Jesus comes back, because it just, boy, it just seems like he's ready any second. You know what I mean? How many, how many are with me? If I don't get to see you before Jesus comes back, listen, you get to, when we get to heaven, there's a main street of heaven. It's this big golden road with a crystal clear river running right down the middle of it, all right? That's what the Bible says. You get there, all right? I'll be the, I'll be the guy running up and down that street, leaping like a little cat, like a little sheep coming out of the pasture for the first time. I'll be looking to high-five all of my friends from Freedom Valley, all right? You get your hand up. I'll hit it on my way through. Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. 
And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. 